Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Vault. My name is Anthony. My name is Chris Epps. Yeah, and today we are going to, um, this might be kind of a late to the scene kind of episode, but um, <laughs> I recently I recently finished the first season of Euphoria and um, the two um, special quarantine episodes. So we're going to, we're just going to try to wrap that all up and try to give our thoughts on that. Um, I think we both took t- two different things out of it. But uh, before we get to that, how you been, Chris? How's your, uh, how's the film life? Man, the film life is, um, uh, the film life is, is, is good, man. I, um, you know, I haven't, I don't really have any of my own projects that I'm currently working on, but I'm planning for some. And then in the meantime, you know, I'm just doing gigs for money, so which is going really well, which is going to help me fund my next project. So uh, it's it's good. It's a lot, but it's good. Well, well, that's good, man. That's that's always good. I'm uh, I'm catching up on my uh, my film criticism. You know, I'd rather be screenwriting. I'd rather be writing screenplays right now, but I feel like that's that's kind of a process for me to get back to that. Um, there is like an older script I used to have in my mind that um, it was the first script I wrote post-college that I was proud that I wrote, but, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of makes me cringe when I look back on it, but I kind of think I cracked the code on how to make it an engaging story. I believe, like, as a writer, you become a better writer as you gain more experience in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and the experience 100%. I've gained, yeah, the experience and perspective I've gained in life made me take a second look at that uh, first postcard, the screenplay, and say, you know, I think, I think I know how to crack this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, so, like, is there like one particular experience that you're drawing a lot of inspiration from? Being a man. <laughs> I know that sounds random. I know that sounds random, but it's like the script is like a. I was trying to go for a masculine slash vulnerable tone. I think I got it, but it is such a mess. But I think now I know how to hone it in. I know how to mm-hmm. hone it in and let the character serve, let the character serve the theme rather than the theme serve the characters, if that makes sense. I I, I got it together where it's a character-driven story. Okay. Okay. Well, that's smooth though, man. That's good. Um and that's what we like. I feel like, you know, as, as we watch films, we like the characters. That's really what we relate to. You know, you, you could have a theme, you could have a plot, you could have all that other stuff. But like, if you don't relate to the characters, you basically have no film. I, you know, I always, um, I ran into this issue with um, the last uh, full length script I wrote that was pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm going to revisit and revise that one too. But the thing with it is my main character, everyone, every, Every character was good in the script except my main character, who my main character was kind of just like, he was a character, you know, he, he, he was the audience surrogate, but he didn't really have his own soul, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I have a habit of writing characters where the story makes decisions for them, they don't really make the decision. Like, so it becomes a story driven thing, which is fine mm. for some things, but I like my characters to make their decisions, so... I already know step one what I need to do with that one. You know, this rings, just this touches a very important part or a point where, you know, the reason that we fall in love with a lot of characters on screen is because we see them doing stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they have a decision to make or 
a circumstance arises and it's like, okay, what is that character going to do? And then they, they are always doing something, which is why it's interesting to watch because they never just, or rarely, unless it's that type of film, they rarely sit back and are just like, you know what, I'm just going to wither away and just, you know, let whatever it is that's up against me, you know, consume me. No, like they get up and do something. Batman gets up and does something about the crime in Gotham. Um, and there's always motivations and reasons behind their their uh, their actions, but that's the, I feel like the basis is they have to do something that's interesting and worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, let's get into it. Yeah, man. Sam Levinson's Euphoria. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I initially started this show, I had, uh, I think I had watched the first two episodes and it reminded me a lot of this one show called Skins. It's a British show. Yep, it's about I know what you're talking about. I watched that too. Yeah, yeah. It's about these teenagers. You know, they um, they get into a lot of. Um, they're in high school. They get into you know sex, drugs, depression, things of that nature. Um, it had an, it had a one season American remake on MTV, which was okay, but British show was better. Um, I didn't even watch that one. Man. Eh, it's okay. It's okay. They they succeed in some parts. Most parts they kind of fail. Um, you, you could tell if it wasn't for that show, that American yes. remake that sucked, we wouldn't have Euphoria. Even though Euphoria mm-hmm. is based off of another uh, foreign show. I believe it's based off of Israel, uh, Israeli uh, television miniseries of the same name. Okay. But anyway, um, I watched the first two episodes and then I kind of like Eh, I kind of fell off a little bit because I was like, you know, I'm like, I, I kind of looked at it like, you know, this is kind of young adult smut. I mean, it's it's well filmed smut, but it, it's, it's kind of coming off like smut to me. Like, okay. um, and I, I kind of, I kind of distanced a little bit. So, you know, some months went by and recently this past week, I was like, you know what, let me get back into it. Let me let, let me see why, what all the hype is about. Let me see why Zendaya won that Emmy because maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I ran through it. I ran through the two quarantine specials and I can walk away saying Euphoria is a beautiful mess. <laughs> I'll get into that. I like, but, I like how you said that. Yeah, like, what, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, okay, so... Um, first, I, I I guess I have to say I am biased because I like I like uh, films that are about coming into your you know adulthood. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? Coming of age films. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bias towards them. I've always liked them. I, and um, I don't know why, but I think it's just you know the whole exploration of who you are and and you know what your peers think. You know how how you how your peers think you should act and trying to appease certain people in relationships and all that stuff and all of it's like new um so with that in mind um i absolutely loved euphoria because it wasn't just a good story it was also filmed exceptionally well i mean you have to think yeah filmmaking was very good very very good you have to think you know, they were given $11 million per episode. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't know that. $11 million, which is, you know, I could see why they would make something 
that looks like this. That's that's the only time you can make something, you know, a series look that good is when you have millions of dollars to, you know, back it, especially something yeah. like this is creative. Yeah, for real. HBO is known for that. They they're known for like, you know, they give a series a lot of money. They say, look, do whatever you need to do to make this look as good as it can be. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a great thing. That's a great thing to do. The thing with Euphoria. You're right. The filmmaking is top notch. Um, I was initially confused why HBO bought it, though. I figured like something like this would be on like a MTV uncut kind of channel or something like that. I was like, man, are are there middle aged folks really watching this show? Which I think is maybe most of maybe most of HBO's demographic. I could be wrong. But I was a little confused. I was like, wow, they really bought this, huh? But Listen, I think it's a good show. I think I think past the second episode, the story becomes stronger. I get more invested into Rue and Jules and, you know, the the myriad of characters and uh, their backstories. I enjoyed that. How pretty much every episode has a backstory of each character and how they grew up to be the way they were. Um, And you you know what? I understand how the Emmy is earned for Zendaya because I can really say as I was getting into the show, I was kind of like trying to fill out the characters, including Rue, who Zendaya plays. But as the show goes on, I, you really see how she embodies that character with, you know, the, uh, the, the, the sulking posture, the tomboy clothes. You know, she really looks like a functioning addict, a young functioning addict. And I'm like, man, that, that is a very solid performance. You know, so she does well. I mean, the whole cast does well. Uh, do and this one guy the reason his performance is so great is because he convinced me to like freaking hate his character dude my man that plays nate the uh jacob jacob elordi yes man he's a great he's a great actor because i hate his character yeah i hate his character too (laughs) like i hated him so much him and his uh his uh his girlfriend because yeah um, how that alexa alexa demi yeah, I know her from uh, Waves, which is a very great film. Okay. Um, you, should check, about Waves. you should check that out, man. Waves is very good. Sterling, uh, Sterling K. Brown's in that too. But um, yeah, man. Uh, MVP on the side on the sideline, uh, Coleman Domingo as uh, Ali, the guy who um is basically the sponsor for Rue, basically her sponsor. Oh, oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he 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 nails it too. The acting yeah. is top notch. Um, the writing gets better as it goes along, and the directing yeah. is um. See, I I knew you would love this movie. I mean, I knew you would love this series because the directing is top notch. Yeah. Um, I feel like something like this, where the story is trying to find its footing, if the directing is solid, then you're already you're already on the right track. Like I said, I, I think it's a beautiful mess. Yeah. But, um, go ahead. Um, um, so uh, I want to take it back a little bit. When when you said that you were surprised that HBO bought this, um, I want to counter that. I'm not surprised HBO bought this because what this mm-hmm. film is doing is it's showing, a, it's showing a lot of adults, a lot of adults of, of, of children, what their teens are going through today. Like it's, it's current like oh, this yeah. is this kind of stuff is happening in high schools and like you know a lot of um you know parents 
don't know. Like they don't know the extent to how much this is happening. And this is more so for those parents that might not be as involved with their kids. Um, or it could even be for the parents that are really, really involved for the kid in, well, with their kids and the kids just aren't telling them everything. Like this stuff happens, you know? And mm-hmm. um, especially in private schools, man, like, you know, you go to like Roper or, you know, any other, um, you know, highly esteemed private school, kids get to go off campus for lunch and stuff. So imagine what can happen. You got 16, 17 year olds driving off campus for lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes they just yeah. don't come back to school too. You know what I'm saying? So like- We used to do a that. Lot of this, see what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't doubt that these kids exist. You know, I you know, I was a little wild in high school. I wasn't too wild, but like, I, you know, that those are those key years where, you know, you get a little reckless. That's, that's life, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. doubt that these kids exist. Um, I just, I was just surprised that they, that they bought a show involving, you know, young adults. Hmm. Like, I, I want to watch that other show, We Are Who We Are, because I heard that's pretty good. That, that also deals with a, a young adult. But um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I guess that's another way to look at it. Um, but I want to um, move on to like uh, these two quarantine specials. I think these two are the strongest episodes of the whole series. See, and I, I knew, I knew you would like them, man. Cause, and I, I, I'm not sure if I can really put into words what your, what your style is, but you almost like, um, you like stuff that's more of a slow burn. I can, I. It depends. It depends on the uh, on the story. Cause that's what, like, to me, that's what those two episodes kind of felt like. I mean, no, nah, it was. It, is it's dope to make an episode where you got just two people talking and they'd stay in bottle the room. episodes that's what they're called bottle episodes yeah, bottle episodes but like in these were like full length you know like an hour each one was an hour right if i'm not mistaken i believe so yeah an hour and you sit there and you watch it the entire time now i didn't like that i i i watched both of them i watched zendaya's um mm-hmm because she it wasn't my favorite one but i watched it because really? of the topic that the topic they were talking about was interesting it was about addicts you know it was about right. you know getting you know uh, being hooked on drugs and stuff which i love the message that they were putting out it was positive it was like yo you need to get help with this you know, like i mean they, they even said um uh ali whatever uh i think that's his name right ali. his name was ali in the show yeah yeah he um he was saying you know once you get that that hit of you know whatever it is that you get addicted to it's nothing like that and like you you know you're hooked and then you gotta you know live the rest of your days battling against that addiction that was brilliant like brilliant to put that into a show you know what i'm saying it causes a lot of empathy so any uh... i liked it for that reason yeah, and I love how he gives it to her straight. Like, listen, you, you can sit across from me and tell me you're functioning and all that. I've lived four lifetimes and I'm telling you, you speaking BS to me right now. Yeah. You know, and I um I, I love the one scene where he's talking with his daughters. Uh, I believe he's talking with one of his daughters and trying to connect mm-hmm. with the other one. And then here's, I think his grandson on the phone or something. He's like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he you could tell he wants to talk to them some more, but because of mm-hmm. like past friction, they're like, Nah, you, you can just like talk to him for a minute. Yep. It really brings a lot of emotion to the whole episode going into his backstory. 
And you could tell these are two people who feel like they're not good people, but they see the good in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, comparing the two last shots, I, I, I kind of like Zendaya's more than um, more than Hunter's, but I can see how you, you would probably like Hunter's more than Zendaya's. But um, I love how the two last shots mirror each other. Like the last shot of Zendaya's episode is we're, we're zooming in on her face. So everything mm-hmm. is pretty much closing in on on uh, on Rue's character. Rue has to make a change. Everything is closing in for her. At the end of Jules' episode, we zoom out on Jules. So Jules feels like she's being pushed away from everything, from mm-hmm. the love of her life, who she left at the train station, her mom, who's going through some issues, like, you know, being a transgender girl. Like, she's, she feels pushed away from everything. And I feel like, dude, those shots are genius. Like, I feel like having to improvise within the pandemic, like Sam Levison did a great job directing those two episodes. Yeah, um, I watched the, I think if, if, if you watch the whole episode at the end, they have like a behind the scenes look and stuff. And I liked what, you know, he was saying, he was mm-hmm. like, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So how do we continue to, you know, these characters stories, but in a safe way, one that's a regulated way in which, you know, not breaking any rules or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty dope of him to kind of go that extra mile and just be like, hey, you know, um, we still are interested in telling these stories and we're gonna tell the two main characters go deeper into their stories, which is what I feel like that's what everybody wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that like his his awareness of what the audience wants and his awareness of the characters themselves and like how much detail there is in them, like it's amazing. Yeah, I, there's one key shot in Hunter's episode that I really like where um, I think the therapist asks Jules like, okay, so so what happened? And then you just see her iris, her eyeball, and if you pay mm-hmm. attention to what's in her eyeball, it's like every scene from her it's like every scene of her is from season one from like needing rule to like you know being blackballed by um no being blackmailed by nate like everything you see it in her eye and there's like this mm-hmm. beautiful song playing then there's the title credit and then you hop into the episode i'm like that was clever mm-hmm. that was clever. yeah small stuff like that you know and um it's 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 visual it's visual storytelling and it's everything to me it's everything that film should be it's it's um film communicates visually um Mm -hmm. more than anything i mean of course you know we always say you know audio is important but like it's a visual you can tell the story through visuals you hit the jackpot Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah yeah you're right visual storytelling is important and um, I can tell why that's why this show, like when you told me you loved this show, I, I could see it. You know what I mean? Like even mm-hmm. with the first two episodes, which I I was kind of like, I, I was a little iffy on them. The directing was like top notch, like mm-hmm. like the visuals were top notch. So I'm saying, yeah, Chris would like something like this. I could compare the innovative visuals on this show to the innovative visuals on Mr. Robot. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Hey, you- you got it, because this show kind of remi- reminded me of Mr. Robot as well. Just the 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 spatial anxiety of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like you can you can compare how the reality of um you can compare how Elliot's reality and in, in miss Elliot's the the um all right let me get this together the vibe <laughs> and I don't want to say mise en scene but the vibe and atmosphere of Mr. Robot is reflective of Elliot's character of his reality and I mean the the vibe and atmosphere of euphoria is reflective of rue's reality mm-hmm. you know it's euphoria it yeah. feels like euphoria yeah 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 um yeah i i agree with everything you just said um and i, I just want to add in one more thing um i loved how you know whenever they talked about one of the main characters they went into their backstory when told their backstory and like why they were how they were. So like, so with with Jacob, you go into his backstory and you start to understand more, you know, why he is the way he is. Um, I forgot his name in the show. Uh, Nate, Nate, that's his name in the show. Um, mm-hmm. So in Nate's backstory, you know, you, you learn um, why he is the way he is. Like, you know, it just just any of them, especially um, this is um, uh, Sydney Sweeney. I forgot what her character is cassie cassie yes cassie you know cassie came from a broken a broken home and um i (laughs) this is gonna sound maybe a little bit weird but i i i kind of related to cassie only because my wife went through something similar so you know she kind of comes from uh, a broken childhood or whatever and um Mm -hmm. So when I saw that her character and how they described her backstory, it just kind of hit home. And it was just like, I get you. I get why you act the way you do. I get why, you know, people, um, you know, kind of made her an outcast and stuff like that. So it was it was a show that I related to a lot. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm kind of passionate about like mental health films and things like that, because it's kind of like, what I've been dealing with. You know, the one key you find out through all of the backstories is the parents that influence their kids, mm-hmm. whether directly or indirectly. Like the reason for why each kid is the way they are, it's related to their parents. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that really drives home the saying, it starts, it starts in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just Absolutely. starts in the home. Yeah. Like, and then you being a father, I'm sure you can relate to that too. Sometimes, sometimes when you take in certain subversive art, it can kind of terrify you. Like I remember my my professor, I think his name was Professor Nealon. He was a, he's a very nice guy. Uh, he was a film professor. Spring Breakers had just came out, like while I was in college, it just came out the theaters. I saw it. He says, yeah, uh, this past weekend I saw Spring Breakers. Um, I have two teenage daughters, so that film was a little terrifying, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I saw a good movie this past weekend. Yeah, I, I can imagine, like, when you see stuff like this, like, I know your, um, your kids are like toddlers, right? They're like really, really young. Well, I mean, shoot, but we got Leela who's about to be eight years old. So, I mm. mean, you know what I'm saying? She's starting to get to that point to where she's starting to look more like a young lady starting to, you know, become older. So right, right. when I'm watching some of these films, I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it, it really, 
it really affects you, you know, um, I, I can imagine that. But uh, I think that's the strongest, that's the strongest theme I got out of this show. Like it really does start in the home with, uh, with some of these characters. Like you look at, um, I forgot the actress's name you just mentioned, but you look at Cassie's character, you look at her mom, you know, she's a lush, you look at her father, you know, he became a drug addict, you know, what walked out on her, uh, you know, yeah. It goes deep. It does go deep. And that's when the story got stronger for me when you start when I started to recognize that pattern. But um I think it's solid, man. It's a solid show. I'm uh I'm interested to see what season two ends up being like. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared to to even watch season two because um season one impressed me so much. Um well, you don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, man. I don't want to be disappointed, man. Like Cause I was kind of like you, like the first few episodes, I was like, "Eh, this is okay." I even I put it down, just like you. I put it down. Like I watched like the first two episodes. Oh, okay, you know, it's it's cool, whatever. But you know, I'll, I'll get back to it whenever, if I get back to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just one day I was just like, you know what? Because my mom had got a s- subscription for HBO Max, and I was like, "All right, I'll give the show a try again." So I rewatched it, and the more I started watching it, once I got past like the first two episodes, I was like, "Ooh." that's interesting oh that's interesting oh and then I was hooked you mm-hmm. know so it took me a little bit as well to get into it yeah I I would put it so like when you see a show like this is us you know my mom she likes that show but she says like I gotta take a break because it's like every episode is on 10 you know every episode <laughs> is like full of emotion and I'm like yeah, yeah it was kind of the same thing with euphoria like these teenagers they're feeling things very intensely but then mm-hmm. when you think back to how you were in high school, you would kind of feel things intensely. Like, you yeah. know, my high school sweetheart, like my, my, how I fell in love with her and, you know, other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. It does make sense. Um, so, yeah, you know, same here. I kind of I kind of put it down for a minute, then came back to it. Uh, it's a solid, I like it. It's a solid show. It's, it, it won me over. Yeah. What have you uh, been watching recently? Uh, I watched um, Invincible. Oh, okay, so what it. you finished it or finished it? Yep, I finished it, and um, uh, it it. I'm surprised it's as popular as it is, man. Yeah, you told me you feel like uh, it's just a regular superhero show to you, right? Regular yep, yep. cartoon. Yeah, we 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 must have talked about this last episode. We did. Okay. Did, okay um yeah it, it, it feels like a regular episode, uh cartoon episode but um it's it's okay if, if they come out with a season two i'll watch it um okay we talked about a quiet place too did did we talk about they or them i think it's called them on, on amazon prime i think we talked about it vaguely um because you had finished it i had kind of like dropped off somewhere around episode six i think yeah um yeah that was i mean that's another thing i might get back to it later on like i just felt like the whole black trauma thing was starting to become overdone to me mm-hmm. yeah i feel that um it, it was very intense it kind of just makes you mad and it's just like it does make you mad it made it make it made, yeah, it made me a little mad it made me a little mad i might get back into it, it you know never say never um but i know the show i love on netflix came out with a season two and I didn't even know until I turned my Netflix on uh Black Summer Black Summer 
No, I don't think I've watched that. Yo, you need to put that on your list, man. You you like zombies? What's that about? Um, <laughs> oh, I do have another film, but uh, zombies are. Um, I feel like they're kind of overdone, man. See, the thing with Black Summer, um, it's about a zombie outbreak, and uh, the zombies run fast. They run, um, mm. but the directing is so. The action is so intense, and it keeps you engaged throughout the whole story. Like there's little vignettes in mm-hmm. each episode, like vignette mm-hmm. chapters, but it's it's a it's it's a flowing story. Dude, I'd say check it out, man. Black Summer okay. is amazing. Um, I didn't even expect it to be good when I first saw it on Netflix, but it was a, it's an actually great show. It's a prequel to Z Nation, which is a totally different show, totally different tone. I never I watched it. Yeah. Z Nation was on sci-fi, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I never watched it, but it's like Black Summer is a totally different show. To- more serious tone. You would love it, man. I would say watch it. Okay. Um, another film I watched was Army of the Dead. Yeah, how was that? This is with Zack Snyder uh, directing. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was fun. It was it was a fun film. Um I like, I liked it. A lot of people have been talking, uh, or more critics probably, I think, have been talking trash about it. But it seems like everybody else that watches it enjoys it for the for the entertainment value that it has. It's a mm-hmm. fun film. Um, let's see, you got Dave B- Batista, of course, who was uh, who was the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, he, did, you know, he. It was actually cool to see him in a more serious role because um, you know I'm I'm used to seeing him in. Guardians of the Galaxy, so you know, or uh, Marvel films in general. So he, was, he had a pretty good small role in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, I, I I gotta watch that. I haven't seen that one yet either. Oh, I gotta watch one. all the the Blade Runners, but um, but yeah, um, it was good to see him in a more serious role. Um, and he can actually act. Saying like it's not just like he can only act in Marvel films. He can act. He's actually a good actor. Um, and then uh, who else was it? Anna 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 de la Reguera. Um, she she was in Power. She played um, what what role was that? She played like the I think they were called Hermanos. She was part of the um. She was a a, a drug lord in Power. Um, oh, okay. So it was it was cool to see her uh, playing playing this because you know it was just a f- familiar face you know from a good series, um, and uh, yeah it was um, I could see why some people wouldn't like it um, you know you know it's I want to say it's shot weird um, they to shoot this they use like rehoused lenses um, mm. and they just shot wide open for the most part. yeah i heard it's like a lot of cgi too um um, it is it's actually a whole lot of cgi but i didn't really know how much cgi they used until i watched the uh behind the scenes they used a lot yeah i mean if it's a snyder film i know what to expect i know i'm gonna get um i know i'm either gonna get a very fun time or a very over serious time like with batman versus superman um Mm -hmm. but uh you know I think Snyder's, he's taking his victory lap. He did a great job with Justice League, and he's taking his victory lap. And, uh, you know, kudos to the man. Um, yeah. I'll check it out. It's on the list. 
yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's gory. It's um, you know, there's some suspense. Um, I think it's yeah, it's worth it. Um, I know. Oh man, I, I'm I'm gonna start getting back into the movies. My uh, AMC A list is gonna reactivate itself on its own in July, mm-hmm. and I think that's the perfect time because I'm excited to go see Zola. Zola, what's Zola? So that's based off the infamous Twitter story about that woman. She's a stripper. She got um, she she went on a trip with one of her um her coworkers, and it turned out they were going like with the. They ended up with a, a pimp that was kind of dangerous. Like it, it's it's really just called the story, but it was like Ooh, a Twitter thread a, that a A twenty four produced it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, forgot. Yeah. To, I forgot to mention them because I know they're a selling point <laughs> these days. Oh, A twenty four Zola. Yes, they are a selling point. I might, bro. Yeah, I want to see that, and I want to see another A twenty four produced film coming out called Green Knight. Um, it's based off the classic tale, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight or something like that. But I, I, um, I like the director who's making it, but, uh, yeah, man, Zola looks good. Um, I might see fast nine. I didn't see eight. Um, I'm not, I didn't see fate, fate of the furious. I didn't see that one. See, listen, I got to say, man, I got to give kudos to that franchise because they've reinvented themselves into a cash cow. Like, I remember Fast and, Furious, Fast and the Furious was a good movie. That was a solid 2000s, you know, um, fun action movie. Too Fast, Too Furious was a solid sequel. Singleton directed it. Tokyo Drift was fun. It was just a fun movie. I don't know and why people hate it so much. Because that, 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 I'm sorry, if you're a car guy, Tokyo That's a Drift fun movie. Was like good, I, yeah. I think people hated it because they wanted more plot, but I'm like, you gotta understand this is a fast and furious movie. It's a fast There's no movie, plot, man. it's racing, yeah, it's just it's cars. That's it. Like, you know I mean, like it, I think that's a fun movie. Um, then you got uh you know, fast and furious where they reunited, and I think fast five, they turned themselves into a legit action film. It kind of almost took the cars out of it. That's what I'm saying, and that's when I started to not like it. Like I got I into it because five. of the cars. See. I love Fast Five and I love Fast Six. Wait, I think I think Fast Six. Go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say I'm a car guy, so when I see Mm. you know Fast and Furious, I'm just like, yeah, I want to see the cars. I want to see some heart, you know, pounding racing. You know, I want to see that stuff. And when they when they turned into a heist movie and oh, we're gonna go ahead and rob this place or lie, I was just like. Thought, come on, man, can we get back to the cars and what they're really used for? I mean, we, we're talking at this one, we're talking about cars being parachuted off of a plane. Like, I, that's not really entertaining to me. I mean, you can't, I mean, I don't know. If they did the same thing for all movies, they probably would lose money. People want to see more actors. They want to see Cardi B get in the mix. They want to see Charlie Starin join the mix, Jason Statham, The Rock. They want to see it get bigger and better. They might end I'm up going to space. To come out. <laughs> They might end up going to space. I know they've talked about it. I don't know, dude. That's when it becomes uh, almost like a, a high budget sci-fi movie, man. Like like the, yeah. the channel sci-fi. Like I losing some kind of movie like that. It becomes a more it becomes a more big budgeted, more entertaining Sharknado. Yes, exactly. There you go. You nailed it. 
exactly <laughs> but that's not something is. I wouldn't mind paying for. Oh no! See, I, I to be honest, I still haven't even haven't even watched Sharknado. So I'm, I haven't you know, either. I want to watch it one day, but I gotta watch it in one day where I feel silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm not real, taking 100%. it serious. Yeah. Yeah. Because because me, I am a you know a real movie watcher, and to me, a Sharknado. When people were saying, "Oh my gosh, this movie's so terrible that it's good," I was like, "Yeah, that's probably not the movie for me." <laughs> I think you would love the room, dude. The Room? The Room by Tommy Wiseau. I think you would love Have you seen The Disaster Artist with James Franco? Because no. that movie is based off the making of The Room. I think you would love The Room, dude. I think by the first, <laughs> I think by the title sequence, you would laugh your, you would laugh your behind off, man. Is it, is it The Room or The Rune? R-U-N-E or Room? Uh, the Room, uh, like, like room, like you're in a room. Oh, okay. R O O M. 2003 film. Okay. What I'm telling you, man, the best worst film of all time. If if I was still up there in Michigan, I would lend you a copy of my DVD. Like that is a great film, man. It's great because it breaks all the cinematic rules, and it's still strangely entertaining. I mean, it breaks all the rules: writing, directing, cinematography, acting. Wow. It's hard. To, three act structure it's hard to mess all that stuff up and still be a great movie wow i don't even want to tell you what the movie is about i want you to just watch it i mean the poster looks weird yeah man um in fact if you can we should probably talk about that next episode if you're able to watch it i know you're i know you got a busy schedule um but if you're able to yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to watch it, man. Let's see, is it on Netflix at all? No. I think it used to be on there. Um, so what else for me? Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing Zola. Um, I might see Fast Nine. I might. Other than that, man, I'm just waiting on Doom. I don't even think I'm gonna watch that on HBO Max. I think I'm gonna just go see that. Yeah, I want to see Doom too. I don't even know. I've never even heard of Doom. Um, but it just I'm... looks good. Yeah, I'm still reading it right now. I'm trying to get through the book. It's a good book. Uh, I'm just like in the middle of it. But uh, yeah, I want to see Dune. Outside of that, I'm not too interested in the LeBron Space Jam one. I, oh, I kind of, no, no. I was interested when I first heard about it, but then I was like, I don't know. I think I got to rewatch the original to get hyped for it. Because I'm like, you know, some things when you're an adult, you wouldn't mind seeing. I didn't mind seeing Toy Story 4. You know, they've always been good, but I'm like, it's been so long since the Michael Jordan Space Jam. I'm like, can it can it still be a good movie? Is it still a yeah. good premise? Yeah, and it, to be honest, it looks like LeBron can't act. I mean, I guess I know it was the same thing with Michael Jordan, but now that I'm older, it's like, I don't... I take it as LeBron. See, look, I don't want to see LeBron struggling to act for two hours. Look, Jordan was Jordan. LeBron, mm-hmm. if he's going to be just LeBron, I'm cool with it. You know, as, as long as he doesn't try to tap into his inner Don Cheeto or Denzel or anything, if he just stays LeBron, I'm good with it. You know, because mm-hmm. it's LeBron. It is what it is. Like, as long as he doesn't try to be more than what he is, then I'm good with it. Hey, man, you know, I, that's 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 one way to, to look at it. I really want to watch In the Heights because um, I like their soundtrack. Um, 
I, I, I knew some songs from the soundtrack before before Hamilton blew, before Hamilton blew up and everybody was looking into like Lynn Miranda's like past musical, which was in the Heights. So I'm interested to see how that film's gonna be. You mean that that musical? Yeah. Um, you you want to watch that? I like the music from the original musical. Trust me, man. I'm not a musical guy, but like I can't some stuff. Musicals, bro. Some stuff like Hamilton soundtrack is pretty fire. Um, yeah, man. They if the music is good, if the music is good, and not some of that, you know, Les Mis type of stuff, I'll watch it, man. No, I can't see, watch Les Mis. <laughs> I can't watch, I didn't Les watch Les Mis. that either. No, my my, my, and my mom wanted. I was like, man, y'all can go see that together. I ain't watching that. Um, I, I, I don't like musicals so much, unless it's a play. I don't like musicals so much to the point where at the at the end of uh, the first seat, at the on the last episode of Euphoria, when they start, you know, dancing in the street and stuff, I almost turned it off, bro. I thought that was cold. That was cold <laughs> almost, to me, man. I almost turned it off. I mean, I get why they were, I got why they were doing it, but I was like, the whole time I was watching it, I just started, you know, just shaking like, dog, okay, can we, can we be done with the musical, please? Look, I, I feel you, man. I don't like musicals on as a whole. I, I don't need people singing every scene. Um, but like I said, if the music is fire, like Hamilton or In the Heights, I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm down with it. See, yeah. I I I think I'll leave In the Heights alone. You can go ahead and tell me about it if you want to. Um it looks like it's got good reviews. Um, you know, but I that's one that I would definitely make. A hard pass on fair enough fair enough I'm trying to think if there's anything else oh have you seen girlfriend experience the new season no so i, I still gotta watch i still gotta finish the first season um i'm like midway through. oh wow like, um, yeah I, I i fell behind on it because i you know uh a quiet place two came out and then i was watching you know had to watch the the black films and stuff like that so i and then i got busy so i just gotcha. kind of fell off I think my next my next thing, once I get done with this Black Summer, I might finish up Orange is the New Black because I didn't watch the last two seasons. Um, I, Man, I, come... I dropped that like after the second season, bro. See, a lot of people did, but the show gets better. I know there was a little bit of a lull in season three, but the show does get better. Really? Yeah, it does. Like, I, I, th- I thought it was just com- becoming just regular, too, but like it really does become a way better show um so i gotta get in those last two seasons and i think i'm gonna get into snowfall man i think it's time snowfall um oh hey i've been hearing about snowfall yeah Yeah. i heard that show is great yeah that's what i've been hearing uh that's when i gotta check out Yeah. yeah i heard when um you know because they both deal with drugs i heard when comparing snowfall to power people say yo there's no comp there's no comparison they say Snowfall, Snowfall is just that show. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to check it out then. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it for me. You got a film tip for us real quick or? Film tip. Um, Man, um, I might have said this before. I don't know. But if, if I did, it's worth mentioning again. Um, Sometimes, like, when you, when you, uh, you might not always know how to do something, right? So, like, if you're starting a film or whatever right and you're just trying to gather all this information to go ahead and just start shooting your but you're 
advice because you're like, I want to make sure I do it right and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you trying to make sure you do everything right is making, is uh, making, put a pause on your film. Like you're not, because you're trying to gather all the, all the information, just go and do it, man. Sometimes you, you just got to really just be like, you know what? I might not have all the information I need, but I'm a learning on set. And that's all it is. It's just experience. You just, you learn as you go. And so sometimes you just kind of got to, in a sense, fail forward. I mean, I hate to say that, but um, that's what it is. You're going to make mistakes. And so you just got to keep going, you know, even though you make those mistakes. There was something, it, it's simplistic, but it really, it really stuck with me. There was something I heard from Misha Green, who created the uh, Lovecraft Country miniseries on HBO. Yep. And under, she co-created Underground that was on WGN. Um, somebody had asked her in a in an interview, and it kind of it kind of rubbed me the wrong way to question because I'm like, why would you ask her that? But you don't do you do you ask any other kind of showrunners that question? But they were like, hey, do you feel a lot of pressure dealing with this big budget production um, that mm-hmm. HBO was giving you? And she says, well, you know, anxiety and worry, stuff like that. I mean, I just asked myself, what does that do for me? Is that going to help mm-hmm. me turn this into a great project? So I don't worry about it, you know, and I, I, I take it as what you're saying, fail forward. Mm-hmm. She says, she says, I want to make the best project I can. If I fail, you know, it is what it is. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like anxiety and worry when you're in the muck of filming. What, what does that do for you? You just have to ask yourself, OK, what does this anxiety? What does this worry do for me? If it doesn't, if you can't find a good answer to that, then it's best to just ignore it. If you yeah. fail, you fail, but you don't aim to fail. Right, exactly. So. You just do all you can, you know, go ahead and do your research, go ahead and make sure you have, you know, the right camera or you have enough lights or you get good sound, you know, just cover your basics, cover what you can. And then you just do the best that you're mm-hmm. able to do. And then as long as you keep doing it, even if you fail that first time, as long as you just keep doing it over and over and over again, eventually you will become a Spielberg. You will become a Ava, Ava DuVernay. You will mm-hmm reach success so you just got to keep doing it though yeah yeah and on that note um we're gonna close and lock the door up on this vault and uh, we will see y'all next time like share and subscribe if you can uh leave comments if you're listening you know try to engage with us tell us what you like what you don't like and uh see you next time see you keep watching films